All right. We've made it to another end of the day. We're here. And uh, we've got a busy show this evening. We are going to be chatting to a very cool guy. Um, he's the host of uh, a very funny, entertaining show called uh, Unmatch Me Now. And uh, it's a show all about uh, bad dating, bad dating experiences, Tinder experiences. Because, you know, we've all had experiences like that. I mean, I, I could write a book about this. So we're going to be chatting to him. He's a very cool guy. We're going to be chatting to him just after about 8.20. I think you guys are going to like him. We've got a jam-packed week for you guys. Uh, good news. Our, um, our, our WhatsApp line is up and running, so you can text the studio. I'm very happy about that. Uh, if you want, you can. Uh, 0686. 0686259804. Whole new number I had to get used to. Obviously, because of technology, you don't even have to put the calling code in. So if you have WhatsApp, you just put 0686259804. You can text the studio. You can call us. It'll be very interesting to hear where you guys are calling us from. Because uh, yeah, nothing surprises me anymore. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I am waiting for that call from someone who lives in uh, Kazakhstan. Uh, nothing surprises me anymore. So save this number on your phone. 0686259804. Uh, you know, I was watching a, a documentary today and... Uh, you know, it, it made me realize that I'm actually not in such a bad place as the Netherlands. You know, obviously, when I, when I came here last year, when I first arrived here, the Netherlands had what was called a, a clever lockdown or a smart lockdown, which basically meant there wasn't actually anything closed apart from restaurants and bars. But you could still do your you could still do your shopping. You could go to retail stores. You could go to the hairdresser. And uh, I was watching this documentary uh, on DW News, uh, Deutsche Welle News, today. And do you know Sweden, despite all the, the the high cases of Corona, they still haven't uh, implemented any lockdown. In fact, if you go to Stockholm, you don't have to wear a face mask. You can go to the shop, you can do your shopping, you can go to restaurants, you can go to the bar. There are some restrictions. Of, uh, you can't buy alcohol after a certain amount of, after a certain time in the evening, which I think is a, a you know, I think that's fair. Um, if you use public transport, you don't have to wear a face mask, only at rush hour. So, I mean, these laws are so cool. And that's why I thought when I, when I arrived in the Netherlands last year, I thought I'm definitely in the right place. Because when I left the UK, you couldn't do anything. In fact, they were, they were going to introduce a law, which they later scrapped because it was so pointless, where if you left your house, you had to carry a piece of paper with you. So when the police stopped you, 
they knew your reason. It was really stupid because how do the police know if it's your first time leaving the house or your second time or your third time leaving the house? So it was a really stupid uh, thing that they introduced. And thank God they, thank God they dropped it. But things were, things just closed. Everything just closed. And uh, it was, it wasn't that great. So when I came here in, uh, in May last year, honestly, there was, there was no such thing as a lockdown. And I've mentioned this so many times to all the guests that, uh, that I've spoken with that live here. It was just so strange. You know, I came to the airport, handed my, my health certificate, uh, went through security, and there was there were shops were open at the airport. You could still go and get a, a croissant or a sandwich. There was nothing. Nothing was closed. So that's when I thought I am really in the in the right place. I mean, I remember even when was it November? When when did the Netherlands fully implement the the face mask rule? I think it was from from November. I think. Could have been even December when face masks were f finally implemented. And still, you know, it's, bit it's a bit pointless because people are still getting infected. But anyway, look, look, there, there, is, there is some uh, glimmer of, of, of hope and light, uh, which we'll get into in the news uh, very shortly. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm very optimistic that... Uh, this this will all come to an end. It has to. It must come to an end. Uh, I got my hair cut today. <laughs> now, I can cut my uh, my hair, and I have been cutting my hair recently. And I've actually been doing a really good job at cutting my hair. But it's just, it's the top of my hair that's obviously I can't cut. Because, you see, I... I can... I can cut the I can cut the side of my hair and the back of my hair. It's really easy. You just have to just keep going upwards, especially the back. A lot of people think it's scary to cut the back, but it's actually not because the back as long as you've got a rhythm to cut your hair and then obviously you you keep you keep feeling your hair to to make sure that it feels even. Not really that hard. But the top of my hair, that was just the this lump of hair, and I couldn't do anything with it. I couldn't style it. If I came out the shower, it would just be this, this plonk of wet hair. So I thought, okay, I need to get my hair cut. Now, you know, thank God hairdressers are open now. So I went to this really cool, uh, this really cool hairdresser that uh, I'm very, uh, I'm very uh, happy about. And it's very close to where I live. It's called Clean Cut Barbershop. And uh, it's really cool, really good prices, really good service as well. I mean, these guys are really, really cool. So really chuffed about that. I feel fresh. Even the guy who cut my hair is like, yep, your corona hair's gone now. Like, what are you trying to say? I think I did a pretty good job. But you know, like when you get your hair cut for the first time in however long it is, you can actually start to see the difference. I mean, I didn't think I looked that bad with my hair. Because obviously, I don't have much done to my hair anyway in regards to styling. 
but it's only when you get your hair cut. And I, I speak for a guy. I'm not, I can't speak for a female because females have all kinds of hairstyles. But for a guy, when you get your hair cut, you know, I, as I said, I don't get much done to my hair, but it's, it's when you get it, it's when they first start cutting. It's the first length that they take off. Then you realize, oh, shit, my hair is actually really long. So I'm looking, I'm looking and feeling much more refreshed and uh, I'm happy. Lots of good things are, are going to be happening here at Amsterdam Lab. Very much looking forward to this week. Got so many people to, uh, to talk with. And I'm sure you're going to like the stories that they are, uh, are uh, going to be telling. Oh, I think you're going to like it. A jam-packed week full of very inspiring people. We're going to be doing so many cool, interesting things here at Amsterdam Lab. So uh, watch this space. We've already, as I said, we've introduced our new WhatsApp line. We are now streaming live. As I said yesterday, if you're listening to this podcast, the chances are me being live are very slim. But that's not saying that you can't listen live tomorrow. So you can still listen live on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, which is our big day, by the way, a big celebration. Five months old. This is the longest relationship I've had with anything. This is the longest time I've ever been committed to anything. And I include all the women that I've dated. So this just shows you how serious and, and involved I am with this, uh, with, this, uh, with this business that I've started. And you guys are valid, are value are, are, and are, are an added benefit to the growth of this. And I thank you all so much for being part of us from day one. All right, uh, let's get into some news. Um, and we'll start with the Netherlands. Now, 8.4% of, the, of, the, of Dutch adults are now partially vaccinated against coronavirus. Uh, Dutch healthcare workers have, administ have administered, administered, I need to fix my, I need to fix my, my, my reading. Ridiculous. Have administered at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine to 1.2 million adults in the Netherlands. And that equates to 8.4% of the near 14.4 million people aged 18 and over uh, in the country, according to data from the Public Health Agency. Now, uh, provisional data from the, uh, from the RIVIM shows that about 36,000 uh, 36, uh, more injections were administered uh, yesterday, Monday, and that pushed the seven-day average down uh, to 39,000. To 39, uh, though the country received 200, uh, 208,000 vaccine doses from, from the BioNTech Pfizer vaccine and 216,000 doses from the uh, AstraZeneca uh, vaccine last week. It is also anticipating a delay of over 210,000 doses from the latter this month. Uh, the Rivim uh, previously previously warned that this could lead to a temporary slowdown in vaccination processes. Now, um, I must say, 
uh, Twitter has a has if you it's it's re it's how can I say it's basically called a Dutch politician out a right wing Dutch politician because he was saying that um, he's not going to get uh, vaccinated and you shouldn't actually be taking the vaccination. Why he's saying that? He God knows why. He's an idiot, but. Yeah, we're in a very good place at the moment. We got to, we can't stop now. We got to keep, we got to keep rolling on. Keep rolling on. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. Now, Dutch Prime Minister Mark Rutte has said that many aspects of normal social life will return to the, to the Netherlands at the end of the second quarter, as the country's vaccination program ramps up. Uh, Rota said that if everyone who wants to be vaccinated gets at least their first shot uh, by the beginning of summer, then that is the moment we can finally take big steps towards normal life again. Uh, Hugo de Jong added that uh, if all goes well, we will really have to say, we will finally say goodbye to most of the measures this summer. Uh, He also said that uh, he wants everyone to have access to at least the first vaccine by June the 1st. Now, uh, as I said yesterday, bars and restaurants uh, should be opened uh, or should be allowed to open to serve outdoors from the end of March, so from the end of this month. And uh, Rota also confirmed that the curfew in place from uh, 9 p.m. until 4.30 a.m., very pointless curfew, but anyway, I will be extended until the end of the month, along with other coronavirus restrictions. Now, he said that uh, it's great that we have been able to reduce, uh, to reduce cases from 13,000 infections to 5,000. But uh, it, is very, it is a very tenuous situation. Uh, the OMT therefore, wants us, therefore warns us uh, not to take irresponsible risks before you... Uh, before you know it, it will be in a situation in which uh, we do not want to be in. So it's very good. He's given us encouraging news, and as I said, I'm, I'm just I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping that by the uh, by the end of this month, uh, this will all be this will all be uh, uh, over with, because we need to be back to normality again. We have to be back. We've got to be back to normality. We can't keep doing this. I see businesses. Uh, businesses today have uh, have uh, released, uh, uh, released, retrenched thirty thousand workers. So it's uh, it's it's interesting because you know if we keep doing this, then I then I don't know. But lots of good news. Um, lots of good news are coming to us, and it's it's terrific. Thoroughly, uh, thoroughly anticipating the opening of, of bars and restaurants and all of that. Because we need it. I mean, it's, I mean, I feel better just because I've had my hair cut. But can you imagine how we will, how we will feel when, uh, when, you know, we can finally go and eat out and do stuff normal people, what we did normally did in the past do in the past what am I saying what we normally did do in the past uh, I know someone who was um, 
or who who lives in in South Africa, and they've just gone they've just gone back to level one, which effectively means you can do stuff as you did pre-COVID times, but there are certain restrictions uh, in place. So, um, yeah, it's 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 interesting because you were saying to me that you know it was so it was so strange because you go into the restaurant and you know you order your food and when they bring over the cutlery they don't bring it like they used to they 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 put it in a in a in like a a a, a sleeve like a a material a material sleeve and it's very it's all very you know strange but i guess you know we we have to take uh, precautionary measures so you know when you go to the restaurants, you know some some restaurants have knife and forks already on the table. Obviously, you don't see that anymore. So the waiter will bring you the knife and fork, but in a special kind of sleeve, which I, I think isn't that scary. I actually think that's pretty cool because you know it just shows that they are taking, they are taking the necessary risks to uh, and precautions to uh, to. To prevent any kind of spread from uh, from this virus. Now, uh, this is a this is a very interesting story. Uh, the The World Health Organization, well, one of the scientists uh, has said that the theory that the coronavirus, uh, which came from a lab, is extremely unlikely, uh, but said that the theory is definitely not off the table. Uh, the investigation into the virus, into the virus origins, uh, has been fraught with political tension. Uh, the Wall Street Journal reported on Friday uh, that Dr. Peter Ben Embrock, uh, the lead scientist at the WHO's mission in Wuhan, said that a a labor a lab accident theory is definitely is definitely not off the table. Um. On the 11th of February, um, the WHO completed a four-week trip uh, to China to investigate the origins of the coronavirus. Uh, with uh, WHO Director General Tedros saying that uh, he would want to clarify that all, uh, all, all, all that remains open require further studies. You see, this is the thing. I think... I've gotten over the whole it came from a bat because I've read quite a bit about um about this and uh I don't I don't necessarily think this comes from a it comes from a bat I don't think so. I do think it comes from poor hygiene. That's definitely the case. Whether or not it comes from another animal is up for debate. So very interesting. I just think, look, you know, if if this if this uh, pandemic and this virus has taught us anything, it just it has made us it has made us uh, more hygienic. So, yeah, I don't think it comes from a bat because bats. I was reading an article and they were saying that bats actually take care of each other, and in fact, if they if bats are sick. They actually go into self-isolation. And all the other bats 
can see this so they don't interfere with the bat. They don't interact with the bats. So this theory comes from a bat. I don't know about that. Because after reading and watching this, this, this documentary, I'm convinced that it doesn't come from a bat. I think it comes from poor sanitary and hygiene uh, problems. But very interesting. Very interesting indeed. All right. Uh, let's see. I'm going to I want to talk to our guest tonight and see if he's on. Let's see if he's on the on the phone because um, uh, he's a very he's a very cool guy. He's got a very funny show, a very entertaining show. And uh, as I said, I should be the host of the show because I have such bad dating experiences. Post even post uh, uh, Corona times. Uh, he's the host of the show Unmatch Me Now, and it's a show that talks about all kinds of uh, uh, bad dating experiences, Tinder experiences, and uh, his previous uh, episode, uh, he talks uh, to Alexander about how he uses social media for dating and how, uh, and how it's like uh, Tindering in Greece. Hey, hey, dude, how are you? Hey, uh, can you hear me? I can. We. I can hear you perfectly. Yes. Hello, Aiden. Hello. Can you hear? Can you hear me? Yeah. Um. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. All right. Well, welcome to the Wade Hutchinson Show. Um, I have to ask you. Thank you. I have to ask you now. This this show that you have. Where did it all come from? Because obviously, you, you wouldn't start a show like this unless you had a bad dating experience. Or I could be wrong. Maybe you're just interested in people's bad dating experiences. So tell us about where this idea came from for uh, this show that, you, that you've created. Sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I think it, it wasn't like a clear origin so much as it was a few things that kind of mashed up together. So, I mean, I've been using Tinder for a long time, uh, for like almost seven years now. Uh, and at the time, that was two years ago, so it's been like uh, maybe a little bit more. So I've been using Tinder at that time for about four, four and a half years, and I had all these different experiences there. And, of course, I had a lot of like weird dating stories and stuff like that and a lot of times when i told these stories or my experiences to friends or to other people they they always said like oh you have to write them down and i felt these are not written down stories more as a storytelling kind of a things and um i have always been somewhat of a hobby sociologist in some way or anthropologist, uh, and uh, or like at least uh, I have, I'm very interested in people, and I used to ask all my dates about their experience uh, with uh, Tinder or whatnot, and I was really surprised that everybody had like these different answers regarding how online dating is or should be, and everybody had their they made up rules. That you know, like if if uh, if you match with someone, you have to do this. If you go on a date, you have to do this, or you can't do this. And so taboo. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, and uh, everybody was kind of afraid to talk about it as well because they were like, you know, oh, Tinder equals sex. I was like, oh no, you know. And uh, 
I I thought that it's something that a lot of people struggle with and there's a lot of misconceptions and we need to have a more open conversation about it. But I also wanted to understand my bad experience with it and why did it happen? Because um, some of those things are kind of social phenomena that maybe didn't develop with online dating, but online dating kind of accelerated them, um, like ghosting and things like that. Um, yeah, and I think I was at this event called Fuck Up Night at uh, Copenhagen, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, a, a kind of a tech event that happens all around the world uh, where people come and tell how they <laughs> how they uh, messed up their career or like messed up something in their career uh, or different topics. So uh, I was at uh, this event in Copenhagen and I thought it would be interesting to basically do the same thing about online dating as a concept for a podcast where people tell their stories about horrible experiences or weird or funny. Um, and then the, the idea is that you're supposed to learn from this because you learn from your failures. Um, so yeah, that's, I think more or less the story. Now tell me, have you, since the show has, has started, have you, have you, it, are you still using Tinder? Are you still using these online dating apps or, or have you shied away from that? Um, definitely. I, I mean, there's, there's two answers to that. First, yes, I do, but more to find the podcast guests nowadays. Uh, right. so, uh, so there's like, for me, it's kind of like, I kind of have to do that to find people to be on the show. Cause that's like really the target audience over there. Uh, so I, I have a, a profile or sometimes even several profiles. For example, I have two Tinder profiles, uh, for example. Just one is located <laughs> somewhere, you know, uh, I don't know. Like I change locations with it just to find guests from other places. Um, and the other one is like in another place, you know. So actually most of the time my Tinder is not in Berlin wh- where I live. Sure. Um, but uh, I do use Bumble sometimes. Currently not, I'm not, I haven't been going on on dates so much uh, for a long time. So, um, I mean, from different reasons, but I think the answer is I've reduced my usage quite a lot compared to what I started to. It's not only because of the podcast. It's also because, you know, you go go a little bit older, you want different things. And I also, uh, you know, uh, I'm involved with, uh, with some people, so... I don't really have a need to go on new dates that much, but, um, but yeah, I think that it made me, the podcast, if anything, made me be more mindful about the way I use online dating and my interactions there. So I can tell you, for example, before, um, the podcast, I was, I mean, I could tell sometimes if people would be, you know, not really the right fit to, you know, very delicately putting, because some people are really just horrible uh, on on Tinder, you know, like, <laughs> and a lot of people are very flaky and very ghosty, and uh, some people just match with me to argue with me about random stuff or or they just match with you, for, yeah, or they match with you and they don't ever reply back to your messages. Yeah, I mean that I can that, that is that. that's. I I kind of grew to understand that in some way. I mean, okay, why? It, it tell, is annoying. Tell me and tell the audience why is that. I'll tell I'll tell you why because, <laughs> um, f- first of all, I think like in the last couple of years, 
I I did experience like uh, on some platforms, definitely not on Tinder, but on some platforms that I get a lot of matches and I get a lot of texts. And I mean, I don't always like because it's for looking for people for the podcast. I don't always swipe people because I want to date them. Actually, the majority of the time, it could be the opposite. It depends on the platform. Yeah. But um, also, sometimes I swipe on someone and I don't really take a look, like a deeper look into their profile before I match with them. Just because it takes so long and I don't really get, you know, guys usually tend to get less matches than women uh, in, that, in that sense. So we, guys actually tend to swipe right most of the time anyhow. Um, just because the amount of, for example, if you invest in a hundred uh, swipe right, like a hundred people you would like on any uh, platform, you would probably get averagely about one to 10 matches based on that, depends on your profile. So, and women will have the opposite experience because most guys swipe right, every guy they will swipe right on, they will get a match. So there is some sort of an illusion there uh, you know, for I think for women, uh, a lot of times I we talked about this on the podcast a few times that mm-hmm. you know it made it makes some women feel that they're like very desirable in that sense, which could be the case, yes or no. But the the thing is that the algorithm is actually the the greatest uh, wall here to achieve some sort of a balance uh, right. for everybody to to reach what they want to, and it kind of forces this weird uh, matching behavior with from guys that they want to swipe right because they don't get enough matches and then women get kind of overwhelmed by the amount of matches they get so they actually don't answer to that many messages okay. and that's the reason you see i thought they were just being a bunch of bitches but if, if there is actual reasoning behind it then okay that, that's fine i mean I think there, there's a lot of reasons why people don't answer. Uh, throughout the years, I, I grew to understand people are, you know, people are complex. I mean, it's not news to anybody, but um, the the reasons people do or, or don't do things, maybe it's not complex, but it's not about you, like almost 100% of the time, it's about them. So it's because they're tired from answering messages or they are... Uh, I don't know, they just don't feel like it. They have a hard week at work. Uh, they already talked to someone else before you. So they kind of, a lot of people are very siloed in their approach to, um, you know, to uh, to dating. So they're like, okay, I started talking to this guy. So I'm, I'm not going to talk to other guys. Or, so you basically you know, have either, to stand either, out either. from the rest. That's what you're saying. I think it's also a matter of luck in some ways. It's a matter of timing. Um there is no formula f- to be successful necessarily. And, you know, I don't think like you're working against a lot of factors or with a lot of factors. So uh, whether you're a woman or a man, doesn't matter, or any gender in between, doesn't really matter. I think uh, what you do is just at the end more of a numbers game for most people. Sure. Okay. So now I'm I'm interested to know because obviously – You've chatted and spoken with quite a, a, a array of, of people. Um, I was listening to your mm-hmm. to your, your your previous podcast before uh, this one got released today uh, of this guy from Australia. Now, what's been the most uh, funniest uh, story that you've heard from someone on your show? Because I'm sure you must have quite a lot. 
Um, people ask me that a lot. I don't really know how to answer it because <laughs> there's different kinds of funny and different kinds of horrible and so on. I think that there is a few stories. It really depends if you, you know, I think funny actually have not been that many like as it it's really just funny because most of the stories actually tend to be horrible um more than funny uh and most of the time kind of unfortunate well unfortunate so, for them but for 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 you and for the people listening it's quite entertaining um because we've yeah, all I mean, been there we've all, we've experienced it so that's why for us it's yeah funny. yeah i mean maybe in that kind of funny yeah um i think a lot of people really like the ones that come like that uh, talks about catfishing and about uh, drugs and um, body fluids. There's a, a few stories about that involve body fluids. Body fluids. Uh, accidents. Yeah, there was, uh, like, for example, this girl that apparently, um, like, uh, am I supposed to be uh, minding my language? or? No, you can say whatever you want, Sonia, don't worry. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> there was this girl that apparently took a shit on this guy's doormat. Oh, um, and although, and then there was like this guy that took a shit in some girl's bed while they had sex, apparently. But full disclaimer, I actually, I mean, I actually think that these are kind of more unfortunate. And I don't think these people were necessarily horrible to anyone. Like there wasn't a situation that someone was clearly horrible because accidents of that sort happen and you can't really control it. Really? Do you think so, that's an accident? I mean, from those particular stories, I know those are accidents because, okay. um, like, the, these people were heavily uh, intoxicated. So okay, now you see, I, 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 I knew a girl, um, and she was quite open um, about her 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 sex life, which made her very cool. And I remember her telling me uh, this story that um, you know, she was having sex with this one guy, and she really needed to pee, and um, <laughs> yeah, so she was basically saying, you know, she's, you know, she's, she's coming, she's coming, she's coming, and she faked an orgasm just so the guy could stop, so she could go to the toilet. So it, yeah, I, I, you, you do get experiences like that. Thankfully, I've never experienced something like that. I mean, I, I've heard mm -hmm. stories of, um, of, of guys giving anal and the girl shitting on, on their cock. So, yeah, you know, those those things tend to happen because people are not educated enough <laughs> about, you know, how to do them. And they, they just see it in porn and they don't understand that actually before anal, there is a, a bunch of stuff you need to do. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know. You to clean the uh, hole. And, yeah. yeah, and then like the whole peeing uh, thing. I, I mean, that is an accident that's unfortunate, of course. And also, uh, like whoever women out there uh, i mean i'm i'm not i'm sure i'm not supposed to i'm not the person you need to hear that from but a lot of women actually should go to pee before sex because that's the main uh, way to contract um urinary tract infection so uh, that's also a good reason why but uh but yeah i mean it sounds like these people just needed more education about their bodies uh, which i can't blame them for it you know because it's just somewhat not in the system but um 
but yeah, definitely the whole, I mean, pain and the whole pain stuff is like, <laughs> that's kind of unfortunate. What can I say? You know? <laughs> well, it's kind of unfortunate that this person took a shit and it's in the other person's bed as well. I mean. Yeah. 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 But I mean, what did they did it in, in spite, you know, like it's not like on sure, purpose. Sure. Uh, but still, it's just, that must be horrific. You know, can you imagine, um, can you imagine waking up, uh, you know, the next morning and, and, and the reason you've woken up isn't because you have woken up from your, from the alcohol, but you've woken up because of the stench of this shit that's take that's been, that's in your bed. I've, I can imagine it. And I've woken up to other stenches in my life <laughs> Jesus. and I'm not, I'm not traumatized by it so you know? what do you so basically nice. what you're saying is that most females are not as uh female as we think they are I'm, I'm not sure what you mean by that maybe you can explain. so you know so we have you know men have this 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 image that females you know are uh, pedant and you know they they don't do anything out of the extraordinary, or you know, they don't do anything bad. They, you know, they they look after their bodies. They're very polite, but actually, females, you know, from the sounds of all of these stories, by the sounds of it, it actually sounds like some females aren't. Uh, they don't really give a fuck, if I can use a a, a better term. In my opinion, it just sounds like females are just the same as males. <laughs> they're just the same. Like they're not, you know, pristine or they don't poop rainbows and like they're just have bodily fluids like anyone else. So I think that's, I mean, the conclusion is that people are people and we are human and, we, you know, uh, our sphincer, sphincer mu muscles uh, can control and help us to a certain level. Uh, if uh, I don't know if the, uh, the reference. Sure, sure. <laughs> Look, I just hope that any and I, I made this I made this reference last night because um surprisingly most of our listeners that listen to the show or that, that listen to the podcast are females. Um, it's quite a healthy um percentage of female listeners, so I'm just hoping that the listeners, our female listeners, are taking note of this, and um. If I ever do meet one of these one of these listeners, and get incredibly intoxicated, that <laughs> this doesn't happen to me with one of our, my listeners. But anyway, uh, I want to talk to you about um, about you know Tinder and Bumble and Hinge and all of those apps. Um, mm -hmm. Now, obviously, I've I I think I've used Tinder once, and Tinder just annoyed me because it's more. It's not my thing, Tinder. I've used uh I've used a uh, hinge and I quite like their their catchphrase the app that's designed to be deleted. Now I've deleted this app so many times just purely because <laughs> I have had no luck with this app. Uh Bumble is nice but the problem with Bumble is if you want to see who likes you you have to pay money. Because you see I'm not the kind of person who just swipes right at everything because that's supposedly what you do on tinder you just swipe right until you find the match now mm -hmm. i can't do that so that's why i can't use bumble because you know i can see this blurred picture so i get paranoid because now i'm trying to match this <laughs> blurred picture with the person yeah. and then you think that's you yeah and then you think that's the person and then you click right and it's not the person it's like a oh, fuck so 
what what your experiences on these on these apps which ones do you recommend which ones don't you recommend because i mean you're kind of like the app expert in a good way i'm not saying in a bad way yeah i mean in in a good and a bad way i guess <laughs> sure to take the good with the bad yes um but I, i'll tell you what i think that it depends what you're looking for first depends what you're after so, and I, th I think most people just need to understand these apps are more like tools and they're not going to help them like just going on the app and making a profile is not going to help you get to anywhere you have to invest some some effort into it right and the more effort you invest the more outcome you will get whatever outcome that you define for yourself it depends and for that effect i think that generally tinder is horrible tinder uh, used to be somewhat of a okay-ish place to meet people but now it just uh, blew out of proportions there's too many people out on it um, there's too many people on it that have no interest in dating whatsoever or meeting anyone um, I think that a lot of women don't understand that uh, that for the uh, male perspective on Tinder is third of the profiles are fake. Oh. Third of the profiles are just girls looking for Instagram followers, like thirst traps of sorts. And then the rest uh, barely answers anyhow because they get too many matches. So um, I think the male Tinder experience, of course, depends on location, but majority of big cities would be kind of annoying. Also, Tinder is definitely the most aggressive company out there when it comes to um, uh, their functionalities and uh, programs, like the purchase purchasing things, like the thing that you have to purchase to make it actually usable. Yeah. Um, so I think that for Tinder, if you're a guy, there is no point for you to use Tinder um, unless you pay for like some sort of a premium. Because you swipe 50 times uh, a day, you're not going to get much many matches. Also, I believe it's not proven. There are some data scientists that like, you know, can show some sort of patterns that they analyzed on Tinder. But generally, Tinder is a, has a very dark uh, uh, algorithm patterns. Uh, and for example, they say that um, if you do like a boost, uh, which they offer you once a month with some of those uh, plans, then they actually show you uh, to more people on the boost and you get more matches. But afterwards, they actually demote your profile on purpose so you will buy more boosts. And there's a lot of these kind of behaviors there. So this whole... So, um, you, and you've just said it now. What, and what I've realized since using dating apps is it's just a whole money-making process. Yeah. For sure, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that Tinder is the worst of them um, in that sense. Hinge I actually never used. Um, I I was meaning to, but it, they just got to Germany like uh, about a year or two years ago, maybe like less. So I didn't really get a ch chance to use it. Um, I, I'm a pretty big advocate of Bumble, I have to say. Um, again, it depends on what you're looking for because Bumble is the only app that really cares about features for people that will make their uh, search easier and it's a bit more about safety and stuff like that and they really add you know good features of course they also want to make money so they have like this whole uh, as you said you know like the whole who's who's swiped right on me uh, FOMO kind of thing 
um, which I do find to be annoying, but I'm sure they make a lot of money with it. So uh, I guess. No, you know, sure. Of course. But, you know, it's, it's, just, um, it's just really irritating because especially like if you go to the app store, now I have an iPhone, so if you go to the Apple store and they make the, they make the appearance of the app look so good. It, it intimidates you to, to download it because you think you're going to be that lucky guy. And it's, it's just simply yeah. not true. <laughs> I mean, it, it depends, you know, like I, I've met a lot of really great people on Bumble. Also on Tinder, it really, it really depends how much effort and how much time you put into it, where you are in the world and what you're after. And I think um, if you're really looking for like really instant kind of, you know, dates or like meeting new people fast as you can, Tinder, at least before the pandemic, used to be that platform for that because, you know, Tinder just don't let you write too much about yourself and have this reputation of something of a, more of a hookup app, although it, it's really not. Um, and even Tinder is trying to shift away from this perception, but, you know, people still perceive it like that to some effect. So I think a lot of people use Tinder because they just want to have something spontaneous and something that happens, you know, like kind of a meeting with some, something exciting, you know? Um, so I think Tinder is, could be good for that in some parts of the world, uh, particularly big cities. Um, and... Bumble and OkCupid, I think, is more for people. I mean, Bumble, you can you can find casual things. Some people are there for casual things, but I think most people there are more into develop some more deeper connections of different sorts. Uh, again, it really depends where you are in the world because the culture really dictates it uh, a lot of the time. But uh, at least here in Berlin and most of Europe, um, people are very open about, uh, you know, like... Uh, dating and relationship things and you know it's not always like looking for a serious boyfriend or girlfriend no. only kind sure. of um and i think okay cupid is really good for people that look for definitely like a, a serious relationship or people that have some maybe more alternative lifestyles like uh, non-monogamy um whatever thing under that umbrella or looking for maybe uh, kinky things. OkCupid tend to be good for that. Uh, maybe people that are 35 plus as well. Uh, OkCupid is great for that. Um, I mean, of course, you can find like, you can, doesn't matter who you are on all these platforms. It's just, I think they cater more for this target audience. Yeah. I mean, each, each dating app caters for a specific demographic of a, a individual. Yeah. Now I have yeah. to I have to ask you, can you? Because this is the question I I'm interested to know is, firstly, can you find love on dating apps, and can you actually find a sustainable relationship from dating apps? I mean, you can find a sustainable relationship and love in a in a, like a fetish club. So why not <laughs> why not find it on a? Yeah, I mean, I don't think. I think this this the question itself is kind of um, I mean uh, it's a good question yeah but I think that love happens it doesn't love don't care where you know it's just you being open to it that's sure. all it takes sure and do you do you believe this this uh, theory that uh, you 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 must never go looking for love it will come looking for you it always happens when you don't expect it. I mean, for me, it's like kind of asking me if I believe in horoscopes. I don't, I don't, I don't think there is an actual rule, right? You know, like I think it's kind of made up. 
sometimes if when you look for love, it will come. Sometimes it's not. Uh, I don't think there's any particular science behind it. I mean, I'm sure there is some sort of a social science that says that you shouldn't be pushy, you know, yeah. about it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> probably not helping. Um, or, or just a creep but, or anything like that. Yeah, but I think like there's time were times in my life that I looked for maybe not for love, but something you know something more serious, and I found it. And sometimes I didn't look for anything, and I found it. Sometimes I, I wanted to find it. Sometimes I didn't. You know, it really just depends on a lot of things. So I don't think there is any part any sort of restrictions. People should really again like try to think of those things as tools, and not this mystical you know faith. Yeah. Kind of things like if you go on a dating app, you will never find the love. It's only for hookups and blah 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 blah. You know, it's it's, it's kind of it's up. kind of like a podcast. You have to invent. You have to invest a lot of your your time into it. And I think if you if you if you join a dating app in the in the hope that you're going to find someone straight away, then well, you, you, then you're just lucky. But it's not going to happen straight away. It's going to happen over time. Yeah, most of the time it won't happen straight away. I can tell you from what I gather from talking to about, um, let's say, 100 people about this on the podcast, um, that most of the time it doesn't work when people don't understand what they are looking for and what they want. And when they put all these weird rules and restrictions on their dating life. Mm. Um, so, so, for example, if they say, I want answer to small talk, or I want answer to these questions because uh, I think they're stupid. Like for for example, a lot of uh, women uh, like kind of be appalled by the question of why are you on Tinder or whatever. And I find it to actually be kind of a red flag in some way. Like I I ask what brings you to whatever app I'm on, like as a as a filter question to understand if I want to meet this person. And the range of answers I get for this is crazy uh, to say the least like it ranges from i just broke up with my boyfriend i'm, I'm here to see uh, if he's on this app and maybe like get back to him with by sleeping to some guy with some guy and uh it and then like ranges like to the other extreme of like how dare you ask me this question and unmatched unmatching me <laughs> and you know it's it's a really simple question like what made you download this app and you know use it and i don't think that's such a crazy question to ask but a lot of people seem to have this opinion and the majority of the people answer i don't know which could of course mean that they may be shy about it or anything but if someone don't want to say and they're not for me at least if someone is not open about what why they are on these apps and why they're looking to meet people then i don't really want to spend my energy on that you know no of course and i've 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 had this 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 the same experience on this Hinge app. I mean, some of the girls there, you can just see they were just bored when they signed up. I mean, some of the questions that they ask or that they answer, should I say, it's more like um, uh, I'm com I'm com I'm completely uh, over competitive about food, or what do I order at the table, <laughs> me, or it's just like what the fuck are you doing at what what are you doing on this dating app? God damn it. Hey. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, trolley behavior there, you know. <laughs> oh, of course, exactly. I have to ask you very quickly. Um, mm -hmm. You have a, a supposed uh, rabbi that you don't actually have, but you, it's like your party trick that you have on your Tinder bio. <laughs> it's it's my uh, 
it's a horrible joke I do sometimes. <laughs> and how's that working for you, by the way? <laughs> um, surprisingly well, most of the time. Yes, I mean, I... it's a little bit, it's a bit dad jokey, like a Jewish yeah. dad. But, uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I mean... I make a lot of stupid jokes, too, so it's I, not really surprising anyone I, that I, knows me. I heard your I heard the previous episode with uh, with Alex, um, the back to the mm-hmm. uh, back to the nudes future episode, and this one you, you had this one Turkish girl who was so in, in interested and intrigued about this, and you were like, "You do know I don't have a rabbi, right?" And she was like, <laughs> she was like so soul destroyed after you said that. That poor girl. <laughs> hey, listen, it's it's been a it's been a, a, a pleasure talking with you. Um, if you guys are interested, which I'm sure you will be, um, Aiden's show is called Unmatch Me Now. You can uh, subscribe to it on Spotify. You can subscribe to it on iTunes. He's all over the place, just like Tinder. Uh, it's a show. It's a weekly show. It's a weekly podcast about uh, the horrible and weird sides of online dating. And you can join Aiden on, uh, as he dives into Tinder nightmares, Grander Tales, and Bumble uh, Bizarreties. <laughs> so, nice. Very nice. Uh, you can also find more information on, on uh, swipeleft.me. You can also find him on Instagram, Unmatch Me Now. He's a very cool guy, very entertaining guy, very funny guy. So if you're like me and you have terrible experiences of online dating, listen to his show. You might actually pick up some, some healthy tips on, on just that. So there you go. Thanks so much, dude. Uh, he he joins us on Thank the line you. from uh, from Berlin. How is Berlin? It's, is it still cold there? Yeah, it's really cold here. Uh, and thank you for all the compliments, by the way. Oh, uh, only a pleasure. Look, hey, you, you're always welcome <laughs> on the on the show. And hopefully, when things get back to normal, and we can travel again, um, yeah, it would be cool to come down to Berlin and uh, come and come and meet you and chat to you. Be really cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm planning to go to Amsterdam as well sometime. Ah, sweet as. Cool. Thanks, Aidan. No problem. Have a good night. Thank you. <sighs> what a cool guy. What a cool chat. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. So have a happy have a happy uh, Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow for officially Hump Wednesday. So lots of sex talk. Uh, we'll be talking with uh, Victoria. Now, as I said, uh, we. Uh, we 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 spoke earlier. In fact, she interviewed me uh, earlier this year. Um, but uh, obviously, because of what happened earlier, uh, the, the interview had to be put on hold when she was about to publish it. So we'll be chatting with her tomorrow. Uh, she's actually going to be uh, on our Amsterdam Lab uh, platform. Uh, in fact, I think her show's already on our website. Go have a look at uh, amsterdamlab.online and you'll see her show, Unmatch Me Now. It's a show all about... Uh, People starting their own business, what, motiva- what, what motivated them, what gave them the, the self-confidence to do it. I think you're going to like it. And I think you're going to like uh, 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 Idan's show. It's a show all about b- bad experiences. And I think we can all relate to that. All right, everybody, have a happy Tuesday, and we'll be back tomorrow.